The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond, and hello and welcome once again to IGN's flagship PlayStation show. I'm your host, Max Scoble. This is episode 797 of this very long-running show. I'm joined today by Jada Griffin. That's uh, 796 episodes too many, Max. Hey, man, that wasn't my idea. And joining <laughs> us remotely, Colin, Colin Stevens. How's it going, man? Uh, you I don't know how to respond to that. I don't think anyone's ever actually called me Colin before. No, Colin. Like oh, call calling, in, calling in, call in, call in, calling like in, colon. That's like, mm. well, I mean, mm. there's a lot of people mm. that misspell cologne, colon, and they're like, I love the, way, I love the smell of my partner's We're colon. Real, <laughs> <laughs> really off to a good um, start with this episode. Going great here, going, going real good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, just fun fact: me, whenever I pick up a call in from a restaurant, it genuinely is a nightmare. Oh yeah. Um, even if I'm picking up an online order, I'll be like, oh, I had an online order for Colin, and they'll be like, yeah. what? I knew a guy named Void who couldn't write checks. They would just always... always (laughs) Anyway, uh, we're going to get into some PlayStation stuff. Uh, There was that big, huge Final Fantasy 16 state of play last week, which, of course, got announced literally minutes after we finished recording a big episode being like, what should we talk about? Uh, Dreams has announced it is sort of ending its uh, live service support type thing, which is, uh, well, I guess kind of a requiem for a dream there. We want to talk about some, uh, some other bizarre PlayStation products that maybe didn't really take off or maybe they did but we don't talk about them uh and then uh you know some stuff is going to be leaving playstation plus but first one of the biggest things going on right now uh is dead island 2 reviews are up this is a game that we've been talking about for almost literally a decade i think maybe literally a decade i can't even remember i'm losing track but yeah sounds right let's let's call it an even decade let's call it a decade uh you know the first dead island came out what 2011 it was it was kind of, kind of came out of left field. It had this amazing trailer that set up this incredible cinematic experience. And then it proceeded to be a pretty fun four-player co-op RPG where you hit zombies in the face with an oar or maybe an electrified machete, that kind of thing. And you got to get that champagne. You got to get, yeah. <laughs> champagne. That was, that, was, that was one of the, was like the most memorable, memorable thing was that there was like side quests where you, like there was this, NPC was like, Champagna, Champagna. I can't I remember just... 10 days ago, let alone 10 years ago, but I'll take your word <laughs> for it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Dead Island 2, it got, I, I played a version of this at PAX 2014 
And it's very weird to sort of be sitting around and waiting for something like this to happen to finally come out. Uh, and I feel like a lot of the times we hear about games that have this much time spent in the oven, the end result is either uh, sort of a just unmitigated disaster out the gate, like something like, I don't know, Duke Nukem Forever, which was, I think, in development for like 12 or 13 years. Uh, or, I mean, Cyberpunk 2077, which admittedly should have been in development a little bit longer. Uh, but Dead Island 2 is getting squarely just good, good reviews. Not great, just good. Seven out of 10. It is like across the board, sevens and eights. Um, some people love it. You know, a few people are a little more sour on it, but it's like 75% on Metacritic for both Xbox and PlayStation, 73 on PC. Uh, you know, that's, I feel like that's, that's pretty good. You know? I mean, I mean, I don't know if they could have hoped for better. Like at this point, like mm. coming out and getting a seven out of 10, like after 10 years of development and like, okay, that's, that's solid. That is a good enough score where some people will roll the dice and pick it up and play it. Um, you know, those are the people that are not already sold on it, obviously. Mm -hmm. There are some people who have been waiting for this game for 10 years. Um, but, like, this, I think it's good enough to where when it starts seeing maybe some sales, it's like it's going to – the player base will really explode and such. Yeah, I think when this is on a, a, a up for discount or in clearance or whatever, when Black Friday, Friday rolls around, I think a lot of people are going to jump on this. Uh, I mean, it's weird because in the time since it was first announced, we've gotten uh, Dying Light 1 and 2 from Techland, who made the original game. And this is from, I think, what, Dambuster Studios? Uh, and a bunch of different studios have worked on this. But it's it's weird because it, I've, I've played a little bit, I, you know, messed around with it, and it, it feels like it's not leaps and bounds a huge improvement over the original it's very familiar it feels uh i'd say more 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 stable more solid it's pretty gorgeous looks okay mm -hmm. uh you know the writing is extremely stupid doesn't take itself seriously the weird thing though is that like this is a primarily melee centric game i think there's guns and stuff later on i didn't i didn't get to that usually that's like the tail end of the dead islands yeah but it's funny that like this is set in los angeles in america a place that is known for its uh you know affinity for firearms you don't get a gun pretty pretty easily it's it, you're running around with a lot of like blunt objects and whacking people in the face with it meanwhile it's also la which is known for cars and there are cars everywhere but you can't drive them, so you're just kind of like running and jumping and it's almost it's almost like why did we choose la it's an point? odd it's an odd choice yeah. and i i'm honestly mm -hmm. trying to figure out i think i i guess it I, I i gotta say it's got a, the, the popularity of, of gta maybe i don't it's also i mean it's a it's a decent enough setting whatever hell a mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know I, I it's it's funny because i i'm i'm not i'm not gonna keep going with it you know i think like it's very much a junk food game but uh it's a good filler it's a good filler but like yeah. it's very hard to come out in a year like this year with a mm -hmm. game that is kind of filler like mm -hmm. yes we have a lull right now so it's coming out at a decent time before star wars and zelda and final fantasy drop but it's kind of like i could use this time i could either invest this time into a new game like this or i could knock something off my backlog yep and so it's kind of yeah. a hard hard pitch and we have horizon dlc that drops yeah. what tomorrow yeah there's yeah. i mean there's, so there's yeah a lot of reasons to play other stuff in this game but if you really you don't know if you got three friends you want to get together with and have a good weekend and mess around and hit i think it's great for that yeah yeah, no, it's and i'm, I'm yeah. honestly i'm happy to see that it I, I don't know if it stuck the landing but it it passed you know like <laughs> c's get degrees as they put it you know like <laughs> this reminds me of like you know staying up all night trying to finish a term paper and having a complete nervous breakdown over it and then just being like you know what let's just ship it just get out of the way and yep. you know they they worked you know obviously they, they didn't phone it in like it's not a 
it's not a you know, total i was seeing that i was seeing know. like i was see- this is obviously footage from my review i saw like the mech bodies and stuff i was like i was like oh that looks cool but then it, i saw the subtitle at the bottom it was like oh that's dead rising like yeah. all right well there you know like yeah. um colin did you ever play the dead island games you know i never did um i watched the trailer a lot um uh which to my understanding is not the game not uh, at all. Such yeah a, so I, so far removed <laughs> i i I classify these games as sort of like a, a mess around open world game where it, there's probably not a huge amount of depth. You can have some friends over and just do stupid stuff and have fun. Um, That's me. There's a lot of things like people out of your shots. <laughs> That's me every time. <laughs> there's um there's a lot of things I would sort of put into that like categorization. Like I, I for me, most of the recent Far Cry games are sort of that way too. You know. Yep. Um, you're not really there for the story anymore. Uh, you're not really there for like super in-depth revolutionary gameplay. You're the, just there to mess around, have a good time, go all over the place. Um, and and I, I agree. I think this is sort of like a bit of a potential filler game for a lot of people, but it's in a tricky spot because there's like, in my opinion, about like four filler games all coming out within the same week. There's this, there's Horizon, which normally I wouldn't call a Horizon game a filler game, but it's DLC. So, you know, it's, a, it's yeah, kind of no, in that for category sure. for me. Uh, the Advance Wars remakes, which there's two games in there. Yep. And then also the, the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters, which there's six <sighs> games right. in there. So there's essentially, for me, 10 filler games all coming out <laughs> at exactly the same time. And so it's like, okay, I can play one of these before Star Wars comes out. And this is unfortunately not going to be the one. And, so. you, and you know, it's like, let's make this clear. We're saying filler games. Like, it's not a knock. It's not a negative. No, for no, I, I wouldn't. No. It's, it's more of us saying that it's not the... It's not the bell of the ball that we're waiting for. It's no, I mean, some, it's it's somebody you dance with while you're waiting for your date in the bathroom or something like that. Like you just <laughs> you know. This is I mean yeah, this and is I, also coming out in an extremely stacked year. Like there's so yes, much, there's yeah. so many huge games coming out this year, and there you know there's going to be a lot of stuff like this that gets lost in the shuffle. But uh, I think I don't know. I think a lot of people are going to are going to jump on this when it's either on you know maybe it'll be on uh, PlayStation Plus or Game Pass or whatever or on sale somewhere. Uh, and again, it's I think if you I, I think there's something very special about the sort of. Uh, the low expectations about a seven out of 10 game. And you frequently, if you mm. go in being like, eh, it's junk food, you come away feeling r- relatively happy yeah. about it. You know, it's, no, a, good, for it's sure. a good takeaway there. But Some uh, of my favorite games are sevens. Yeah. Now the question is, yeah. I, I I could see it maybe doing well in that area. You know, I think that the mm-hmm. fact that it is, you know, it is just fine. And it is sort of a, it's, it's uh, technically the sort of, the third data, there was Riptide, you know, like the, mm-hmm. Dead mm-hmm. Island got remastered or whatever. Like it's been kind of around. I wonder if we're going to see a Dead Island three. They're going to announce that on Friday. You think so? No. <laughs> and, no. and it'll come out in 2047. Yes. Yeah. On I mean, PS8. That said, I feel like maybe they they do have the formula down. Uh, to your point about it being like Far Cry, that is one thing that did kind of stick out to me is that it's not open world. Like it's sort of oh. fairly quartered. It's like of, hubbed, right? It's hubbed, hubbed-ish. It's, there's definitely like, you know, there's some uh, exploration involved, but you're sort of uh, cordoned off into different areas, which does feel kind of dated. It does feel like it's built on an idea from 10 years ago. And it's... Uh, you know, again, like especially compared to something like Dying Light, which is like heavy on parkour, and it's like really, it really kind of pushed what you could do in terms of mm-hmm. you know traversal. In this case, you're kind of you're kind of on foot. You do a little bit of climbing, you do a little bit of you know exploring, but like it's it's pretty. It feels a lot more narrow in that in that sense. And it's, I don't know, I I wonder if like if they are going to sort of capitalize on this and make this a franchise and really pump more money into it in, into it and make a, set, a third one. Um, do they want to sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater or they want to like kind of just take this and advance it a little bit? Um, you know, remains to be seen. So it's kind of a, it's a, you know, <laughs> I think the, 
I know. I, I think the big selling point for this one, like if it is going, like like Colin said, there's a lot of games coming out this week. Um, I think the big selling point for this one is the co-op. It's mm-hmm. four-player co-op. Like there's not many of those out there that are new right now. You know what I mean? Yep. Like mm-hmm. it's been a slow year for those type of co-op experiences. You know, I'm probably forgetting a big one that I played a, a bunch of earlier, a, but there's an odd thing about that. I think a lot of people have been chasing that ghost of Left 4 Dead, which was mm, like just yes. sort of the definitive mm. go to four player co-op experience. And like, you know, there's mm. also people who jumped on to Borderlands. And the, the big thing that people I've always surrounded that game was like that. This game is awesome. If you do a co-op, you got to do a co-op Borderlands too. Yep. get together with friends, you know, get a gang together, do that whole thing. But the the key thing there is it. uh the people who had those experience, the people who fell in love with, with Love for Dead when it came out, generally speaking, time has passed, and I'm, I'm guessing things have probably changed in their life since those, those games came out. And maybe it's a little bit harder to get three friends together to shoot zombies in the head for four hours, you know? I mean, I have a hard time just getting one person to duo queue in certain games. Like, exactly. It's, and like it's that's, a lot tougher. It's also the sort of structure of it. Like, that was a that wonderful time where you could just hop in and play, like, a little, you know, zombie run, and it's, it's it sort of compartmentalized. But I feel like now a lot of multiplayer games are very kind of, like, they're more kind of casual show up whenever kind of hangout centric like Mm -hmm. maybe you you know squad Mm -hmm. up with somebody in warzone or Fortnite or whatever but like uh, as far as like everybody line up at the at the starting line and then and then go together and like you know really uh i mean i know that like back for blood was sort of a letdown for a lot of people who were who wanted that yeah that left for dead experience and you know, some of that was, I think, maybe expectation, but also the I th- fact that it, I did a bunch of stuff with like the cards. cards. I think it was the card system that really killed it. Like, I loved, I liked Back for Blood because I like card systems and because I like the depth and the the customization and creativity you can get with those kind of builds and stuff like that. And I know Dead Island does that to a lesser degree here, um, but that also adds a barrier to entry. Not everybody is a Jada who wants to go in and meticulously yeah. plan out their build. They just want to go in and shoot zombies and have a good time. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's one of the things that really hurt back for blood. Um, so uh, did you get to mess around with the card system at all during your demo time? Yeah, a little bit. I got a few of them. Um, it's, I, I hate, I hate card systems. I don't know why mm. it's completely just a UI decision. Didn't you, like, didn't we do a discussion on this around midnight suns? Probably. But that's a, I mean, that's a, yeah. That, I mean, but in yes. case they were, they were like spells on a menu. In this case, they could very easily be like nodes on a skill tree. Yeah. You kind of select different ones of, but for whatever reason, it's cards instead. Uh, cards are hot right yeah, now. I don't know. There's, I, I was getting the hang of it. Um, I, none of them particularly jumped out as being like a really, you know, mind-blowingly cool or anything. Um, but there are cards in there if you want to screw around and have some I like fun. that. Maybe this um, is my maybe this is my filler game. Yeah. I mean, I think this is <laughs> this is like there's 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 stuff to do here, you know, like it's not it's not a completely um, you know, bonehead stupid like just run and gun game. Like it it does have some like crunchy RPG stuff in there and you know, you can get your customized electrocuted machete that has ice powers or whatever. They do a lot with with elements in this, which I yes. think is interesting. Where it's and it's you know, you're like you can throw water on the floor and then hit it with a electric machete and then it electrifies the water and it's it, there's a kind of fun fun element there you can you know leave leave a trail of gasoline that you can then light on fire which feels sort of far cry adjacent in terms of gameplay but it's also like that to me that kind of jumped out as like the most novel addition this brings to the table compared Mm. to the original game Mm -hmm. um -hmm. yeah i don't know it's there it's out there it exists um around a 30 hour game that i feel like is going to sell like hotcakes when it's eventually 30 bucks so there you go 30 Uh, bucks for 30 hours sounds like a good deal (laughs) Now, speaking of RPGs and complex stuff like that and uh, monsters much, much more well-dressed than Los Angeles zombies, Final Fantasy 16. 
are they what more more well dressed? The monsters. They, they I mean, Ifrit is kind of like not wearing anything, okay. but Brimstone. I, I, it I also depends on which area of LA you go into. That is true. No, that is yeah. true. There okay. are some. Yeah. There's some. Okay, I stand corrected. I, <laughs> yeah, we, if you go to Venice, they're gonna be they're gonna be very just shorts everywhere. But if you go into like I don't know North Hollywood, they're gonna be some pretty fancy zombies. Fair, fair. I, I'm glad okay. I got to ruin that segue for you, Max. Okay. That was totally anyway, the goal there. The point of my story is <laughs> that in Final Fantasy 16, there are all sorts of incredible looking deities and creatures and monstrosities, and in 16, the summons are called icons. Icons, yeah. Mm, icons. Icons. It's spelled, it's spelled wrong, of course. Yes. You know. E-I-K-O-N. Correct. Yeah. I was yeah. sure it was like Akon. Like I, well. They've been, I mean, they've been, so like Icon's been a common term for the summons since, gosh, I want to say like 12? I feel like summons has been a common. Like summons is, summons is like the more, like that's the, what they're known as, but they started to like classify the summons as actually things. In 10, we, they were called Aeons. Um, in, I forget what they were called in 11, um, in 12. 13, they were like the, I think, Idolans, if I remember correctly. Idolans, yeah. Yep. Why, keep, why keep the same name for something? You, you know, because they're different iterations, different universes. It's a multiverse. Same, just, uh, yes, yeah. Cactuars, Chocobos, Moogles, those <laughs> yes. are all the same. Marlboros. Six, six you know. I think, was the first one that sort of messed with it because they were espers. Yes, there you go. So yep. they've been doing this for a long time. Yep. All right. Well, it sounds like this case they're they've they've added some sort of gameplay mechanics to this where it's which mm-hmm. kind of caught my attention because I feel like a lot of people I'm kind of just glancing at FF16 and like okay, it's a big huge, you know, sprawling RPG. Uh it's Final Fantasy that comes with a bunch of stuff that's familiar and a bunch of stuff that's totally unfamiliar and uh I, I love how sort of mini game-ish this sounds like. The like the 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 icons you oh yeah 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 how it's different yeah. like yeah like it changes kind of like the battle style like when you're you see the fights when you're controlling uh phoenix and they look kind of like panzer dragoon um kind of like where you're just kind of like locking on and shooting and dodging and doing all types of cool things in the air as a phoenix would i guess when fighting other giant beasts um whereas when you're playing as ifrit it looks like it is uh like almost like a street fighter like brawler kind of fighting game um and also i apologize to anybody out there who calls Ifrit Ifrit. I, it's pronounced both ways in my head. I'll probably say Ifrit <laughs> later, but I know they say Ifrit in the trailer, so that's how I'm As long as you don't it. say like Shiva or something. I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's pronounced Shiva. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, no, I I really like how they're you know, I'm a little worried by how quick timey it does it 16 is starting to look it looks like there's a lot of quick time events um but i think that also goes hand in hand with the new dmc stylized combat so it does make sense um i just hope it doesn't go overboard mm-hmm. with the quick time events but yes the summon battles look phenomenal i cannot wait to uh control all these different summons i hope i get to play as like odin and you know just ride around on a horse we know how many people have they said oh i think 151 yes 151 (laughs) different summons um and 140 of them are knights of the round yeah right (laughs) can't wait to fight snorlax in like a card based uh literally just a game of poker that's that's how different these card games make me yes that's that's how they get yes yes (laughs) i think this is really cool i i've been sort of thinking a lot about how i I love that sort of uh variety pack wario wear approach to like game mechanics you know you don't see that super often but it's it's kind of neat to sort of shake things up as opposed to just either mashing buttons or 
issuing commands. One thing that jumped out at me is like you have companions in this, but you're not you're not command. They're entirely AI driven. Which Correct. Sort of sort of weird. It is. Uh, you know, that seems like kind of not. So yeah. it, it depends on the execution. It depends on their the AI and how the AI is programmed. It's AI week at IGN. So, you know, we have to talk about the AI. Um, it's all depends on how the AI is, um, how they, they coded that and what systems they have. Like 12 was like, I think the first time where they really took control of mm. the people like you could swap and control them partially uh, or mm. whenever you wanted but then everybody else was still doing their actions in semi real time um, yep. but they used the awesome gambit system where you could mm. basically you were coding your allies to do whatever you want if somebody's poisoned cast poisona if somebody is unconscious use a phoenix <laughs> down like it was literally like you the gambit system was literally just a glorified coding system um very simplified coding mind you but um i think it's i think it's fine if we're doing that because there's so it's so fast paced in this i think i would even i would probably get a little lost swapping between three or four characters in a dmc mm. very fast paced type action That's now fair, yeah. some games have done it and have done like very fast like tales of arise has that very action focused uh, rpg and you can swap between those four and it works but mm -hmm. your combo lists and your attacks are, are much more limited to what you can have hot queued uh, or queued up to your button commands mm. because there's only so many buttons on a controller um yeah speaking yeah. of during the trailer we got we did get a scene where they were going through like the skill tree and showing off the different moves and i think it may have one of the worst button combinations that i've seen in a game so far oh, yeah. um and it's the if you go through the trailer i don't remember what what minute it's at but there's a point where they show the taunt uh, ability which is a very important ability in final fantasy it's not like a street fighter taunt like come on it's a um <laughs> it's it's like a provoke you're pulling all attention mm. to your character so it comes off of mm. your ai so that they have a chance to heal or do their super moves without interruption or whatever but the button combination they showed in the trailer is r2 plus the touchpad is what it looked like now i could be wrong mm. and this could this could change but i'm just like am i pulling my right thumb off of the thumbstick to hit the touchpad or am i moving my left hand over i guess if your left hand your left thumb is just used for like commanding um what is it torval torgal torgal yeah. um if you're just doing that i guess it's not too bad but it does seem like a little of bit of a weird combination i for one i'm glad i have a, a dual sense edge controller because i will just be <laughs> remapping the touchpad to one of my back buttons because that'll be a lot easier for me uh, but i know not everybody wants to invest 200 dollars for one command in a final fantasy game and nobody should well let's hope um, there's some remapping involved maybe there might be yeah. the, the games have gotten better about it it does seem like a literal stretch though that that uh combo <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Uh, what do you feel for, for a... oh go ahead. No, go ahead colin well i was just gonna say because i mean like you said it's got the combat designer from dmc5 and that's one of the best combat systems in a yep. character action game and i think this game is essentially a character action rpg um which is really exciting to me because i think i really liked 15 um for a lot of what it was but it was very repetitive in the action and it was like maybe a bit stilted it was a little simple um, simplistic it was a little simplified yeah. i think it was because it was meant to be that kind of first final fantasy for a whole new yeah. generation so it made sense yeah. it was a little simple but that also did you know draw the the hate from the longtime veterans and so hope yeah. this looks like they're trying to kind of overcorrect and go the opposite direction which is good yeah 
And, but this one, I think it's interesting because they have all of these different rings you can yep. equip from the beginning that are sort of their easy mode. Because it, it, it appears that they don't have any difficulty option. They'll just sort of let you add these rings that sort of give you um, sort of uh, easier ways to play the game. So like it'll give you big windows to dodge things and press a single button or it'll auto attack for you, stuff like that. And, and during this whole gameplay presentation, they sort of suggested that they expect most people to use like at least one ring so in my thought is it's like is this game actually like really difficult if you just remove all of that sort of you know hmm. uh, that help and and if it is that makes sense because character action games are like by design pretty tough dmc games are all mm-hmm. pretty hard bandata games are all pretty hard and and they kind of need to be to really get at everything out of those battle systems so if that's the case i'm gonna i mean i'm gonna try to play this game without any of the assisting rings and yeah. i think it would be really cool to have like a genuinely difficult uh final fantasy game it's it's it's, bizarre right like it's not i mean it's you know it's a series that has plenty of challenge but it's always historically been turn-based and then to suddenly totally i mean if there's a like shy of being a full-on rhythm game well which they also did (laughs) (laughs) category but it is kind of funny to be like okay so you like uh selecting stuff from menus and taking your sweet ass time what if you did the opposite of that what if you had to just hit (laughs) buttons exactly at the right time but it's it's interesting because we have seen this sort of rpgification of every other genre so to sort of see the actionization of a historically rpg rpg Mm. series like that's kind of an interesting choice uh i i it's I love that the rings are kind of the inverse of what is it? The most, the, the God of war new game plus mm-hmm. makes it so you can just have the like burdens. There's, there's like, bur- mm. there's like a di- basically hard mode add-ons. Yep. You can have like the Spartan armor, which is like, you don't have any stats. You're nothing. You're naked. <laughs> just out in the wild. And it's like, that's it, the way Kratos would have, I mean, I prefer. think that's so cool because that lets you kind of customize what kind of a game it is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're playing mm. with, with no extra bells and whistles, that kind of cuts out some of the RPGification. And it just comes down to like, how well can you hit the buttons when you need to hit, need to hit the buttons? And in this case, you can also, uh, you know, in FF 16, you can put on these simpletons rings that <laughs> make things much easier to, to handle and give you, you know, a little bit of a, a help with the button presses. There's been a, there's been a, a big push in games to have those kind of options lately uh, to like kind of, custom the customize the the game to your play style mm-hmm. so when i was playing like forespoken i was able to turn up damage amplification to me so that means every enemy was basically breaking my armor and leaving me with one hp uh so i had to get real good at dodging and it was so it was it was fun for me because i enjoyed that type of challenge i enjoyed that gameplay of having to like basically be perfect um while playing my games but you know that's not for everybody but i'm glad that it's an option that you can kind of like just kind of turn on and off and i think equipping it the rings is a good way to do it i do worry that having those rings equipped are going to like use like slots that means like Mm. the people who are relying on those won't get to use like you won't get to equip or you can equip these rings so you can dodge easier but no ribbon Mm. so you're still at the you know mercy of status effects mm. so that's, that's not, the only thing that's worried about me but I'm, I'm hoping that it's maybe like mm. a separate slot type thing i'm not positive on this but i was i was looking out for that when i was watching it and i th- it looked like it was its own sort of separate um accessory sort of like exclusive lane. to those okay. i think so yeah so we'll hopefully see, that's the case i hope so as well because that that's it's it's nice to like give people a good way to kind of like make the game better for them play wise, but it also it sucks if it is also a handicap to like other things that they might want to equip on their character. Mm-hmm. So what's your what's your read on this? Did that state of play move the needle for you? Or are you kind of undo? Cor- I mean, you're gonna play it. Regardless. I'm going to play it's it. Yes, because I'm Jada. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what? It did push the needle a little bit forward for me. Um, I'm you know 
I'm I was on the fence like about like really being hyped about it. I think I'm much more hyped after this trailer, just seeing a lot more of, of the different action, a lot of different things. I really liked the the combos that they got to show off in this one. Like we've seen flashy combos and stuff, but this time I actually got to see like oh we get bonuses for perfect dodging and criticals and all these types of things so like a lot of stuff for me to kind of dig into and make the play style my own building up a gauge for like to have a stronger zantetsuken um which is odin's like special move and there's just a whole bunch of different things like you can change i noticed that you can swap between the different summons it look like with l2 so like mid combat you're changing your elements um between the different icons that you've unlocked their abilities for so odin shiva ifrit phoenix uh okay. bahamut are all the ones i saw in the trailer colin what about you 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 clearly are a oh, Final fantasy aficionado is this yeah i i've been excited for this game from the announcement um but i'm also like i'm a little bit of a fanboy i I'm, i get excited about any mainline final fantasy game um but I, I i go in with a bit of trepidation because i think i feel like it's been since maybe 12 that there's been sort of like a universally acclaimed final fantasy there's a lot of things i've liked uh, about the mainline I, you, sets, you uh you mispronounced 12 uh, as thir- you mispronounced 13 as 12 colin i i know how much you love 13 and there's a lot of, <laughs> I, and, and, and to my point there's a lot in 13 that i really yes. love too no but i continue. think it's been a long time since square has sort of had like a home run that no, everyone sure. agrees is awesome Mm. And I think they really want that out of this because I think I think they've given it a huge amount of uh, development time, a huge budget. They said last year, over a year ago at this point, I think that the game was basically done and they were just polishing and tweaking it because they want this to be like perfect coming out and they want Final Fantasy to be like prestigious again. And they have that in 14, but that's an MMO. So it feels like a little bit like locked away. I genuinely think that they're going to I think they're going to hit this one out of the park. I Every time I've seen it, I, it looks better and better, and I've gotten more and more excited. I am honestly a little worried that they maybe showed too much, um, just as far as like mm-hmm. how many summons we've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they could honestly be hiding away a lot of like sort of, you know, smaller ones. You know, they've shown us all the major summons that everyone knows from Final Fantasy games, but I feel like we could get some of the sort of random, random little guys, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of like a really like like Doom Train or some something silly. Yeah, they could um, do they could do like uh, uh, Diabolos or whatnot, yeah. which is another like kind of a one you don't see very much very often. Um, we saw Ramu in the trailer. Uh, we could see various like ones that were Aeons in the previous, like Ixion could make a return, mm. but that Ooh. also falls into the. You know, I, we got plenty of time to find out. Yeah, there's um, lots of stuff. Yeah, I mean this. this I would game squeal. Is about- Sorry, I, I'm just gonna say I would squeal if Valley Four returned because I Valley Four, love Valley Four, Valley yeah. Four. I love how you, I love your pronunciation. How do you say it? Uh, Valifor. Valifor. Yeah. Okay. I. I mean, does she? Does anyone ever say it out loud in Final Fantasy? No, uh-uh, I don't think they ever say Valifor. I don't think they say any of the summons. To be honest, mm. off, the, off to my recollection, somebody. It's always one of those me, funny things about like reading things as a kid. Is 100%. like you pronounced it in your head, and I've always called it Valifor. They need to shout like, their own names like Pokemon. Right. They do. Hundred <laughs> percent. I agree. Anyway, um, yeah, Final Fantasy sixteen is. Just about two months out. I feel like we are probably not going to see anything, any major huge reveals of this scale. But I think it's also there's enough information out there that people can kind of make up their minds. And uh, I think, yeah, yeah, I'm, I think we'll get a final launch trailer, and that's pretty much it. I think, yeah. I think they're going to show suspense. the last boss as is customary. And yes, <laughs> um, now that's a game that is coming out. Uh, that's a bright future. We got news this week that Media Molecule was ending sort of 
live support for Dreams, which is the wonderful game creation suite that they released, which is, you know, won a ton of awards. I'm mm-hmm. guessing it, it sold decently. It was a... Uh, it was in the works for quite a while, and yeah. I, I can't help but wonder if this is sort of like I'm, I'm torn. Is this did this do what it set out to do or was this sort of a failure of a live service model? Because it's hmm. I mean, it, it's I know the community was really expecting a long tail of support. And we saw like a lot of really amazing dreams out there and people yeah. can still be creating it. There's still going to be plenty for the community to mess with. Uh, this is just the end of Media Molecule doing kind of community side stuff. Like yep. We got four rounds of the Impia Awards. Um, they had, you know, they put in updates and things like that. Um, so it's, it's kind of bittersweet. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like it's kind of in line with the, you know, post-launch support you'd see for something like a little big planet game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it, it is kind of, Kind of depressing, especially considering how, um, I don't know, how much Sony kind of hyped this thing up over the years. Like this this game was first shown off as sort of like a tech demo way back in 2013, uh, mm-hmm. sort of showcasing what the PS4 could do. And then it finally released in 2020. I think it got like a trailer in 2015 maybe. But it had like a pretty long road from announcement reveal to actual launch. And so for the timeline of its actual launch to sort of cutting the cord of full-on support being way less than that, that that kind of that's kind of a bummer. It's, it seems like a little bit a little bit demoralizing. I mean, it's always sad to see something that's you know a live service type game kind of get the cord cut. It 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 just it sucks. But I mean, there's so much good content in Dreams. There's so much to do. There's so many like fun creations that people are creating. Like, I feel like it did. I think it was a success in that metric for like being out in the world and letting the community just have fun and go crazy and then giving new content as time went by and then they celebrated and did awards ceremonies and stuff because it lasted what four years roughly yeah yeah. so like i i don't know it's we had four rounds of impia awards the game launched um i think early 2020 so i mean about three years which is i think i think there was like a year of like a open beta right yes yeah you're right right? yep Yeah. yeah i mean it's it's funny to think about it because sort of on the scale of it being uh a creative toy i imagine it was it did what it set out to do i know i know it won some like awards from i don't know best educational game it probably got like a mm-hmm. bafta or something it very much like the sort of like this is cool artsy fartsy tech that uh you know even even moms and dads who hate video games might give a nod of approval to like that kind of thing yep. um but as far as being like a legitimate game creation engine uh people made cool games in there but it's also kind of like at a certain point you're like maybe i should go work in unreal you know maybe there's there's really aside from i mean within dreams it is it's it's not a it's not so, a it's not a gallery where you can sell your pieces. It's a school hallway where you can hang up your construction paper creations. It's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a very it's, guess. That's and I feel I feel bad saying that. And I think it's really but, wonderful what Media Molecule did. It's also amazing what the community did, like recreating PT. Yeah. But mm-hmm. as far as it being like an actual you know creation suite, it's it falls in this weird kind of gray area where it's like. Uh, you know, it's it's not professional grade, um, you know, game development software. It's a great, you know, introduction. Yes. Meanwhile, you've got like the Unreal editor in Fortnite, which is kind of wild. That's in there. Um, and then at the same time, it's also not it's not really a product that can print money. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm glad you brought up the Unreal editor in Fortnite because I think that I don't think I don't think that's like literally the cause of Media Molecule being like, all right, we're shutting down. But technology is advancing. We're getting to newer things and better tools than this one that was, you know, these tools were developed, what, five, six, seven years ago, and then the game came out, you know, halfway, like, three years ago. So, like, 
those tools by the time they launched were already starting to be outdated to a degree um and now we're seeing new stuff so like i honestly can't blame media molecule especially if they're i doubt they're working on dreams too hopefully they are um but there's so many new tools that they can kind of put into their next project and they said you know a big cause for them shutting down is because we're going full steam into our new project mm -hmm. and i'm sure they already were working on that new project during dreams like most studios do yeah. but the key thing is the studio co-founder mark healy left the studio after 17 years which is yeah. You know, I, you get a sense that there's kind of a changing of the guard, um, but I can, also can't help but wondering if this is, uh, you know, if this is the the, the folks upstairs coming down and, um, you know, rattling some wallets or shaking the couch cushions for spare change or whatever. Uh, this is the dreams by definition is like it is it is not selling fish. It is teaching people to fish. Yes. hundred percent. Sort of not really a good business mm -hmm. model. And I feel like I feel so cynical and like almost like anti-creative for saying that. But it you know it no it's yeah. it's true it's like when you've like once with dreams once you've got the the what i think it was 30 dollars uh when i picked it up like there was never a need for me to spend any more yeah. money on that and if mm. you know if that game did monopolize all my time and i was like super into it like a lot of people were they probably didn't spend any other money on games for mm -hmm. other things that are other big sony franchises a lot of bang for your buck just not, it is not for sony you know? exactly yeah. and so you know and that's fine it's totally okay like you know i did that when i was playing final fantasy 14 that's all i played i didn't buy any games for like six months six to eight months because mm. i was totally enraptured by final fantasy 14 and that's the same way it is for games like dreams where yes it's kind of teaching a person how to fish instead of you know making them come to the market every day and buy a fresh fish yeah i guess my my <laughs> sort of fear here is that the last uh the last little big planet game we saw was Sackboy's big adventure which was decidedly mm. devoid of any creative side stuff like you can't make anything mm -hmm. in that game it's a straightforward platformer, platformer which is great it's cool yeah. Yeah. it's a good use of that i just hope that like this isn't sort of, you know, Sony looking at the, the you know, the, the numbers and being like, well, Dreams spent this long in development, sold this many units, people are still playing it, but not paying us. Meanwhile, Sackboy's Big Adventure is just like a straightforward thing. I hope that they're not like, do Tearaway mm. too, but make it uh, less, <laughs> less creative or something. Like, do it, just I, like, knock it out, you know? Yeah. I think the biggest problem with Dreams from the beginning, from even before it came out, has always been it, it's just it's so hard to market. It is telling people what it is is like okay well what isn't it is almost the, the quicker way to talk about it and it's like little big planet always had a mascot and Sackboy was immediately like something for people to cling on to and then at first especially the first one that was very much uh, a 2d platformer at its core you could do a lot with the creation engine and sort of create new things with it but it was very clear that like, okay, this is a platforming game, even if it's like, you know, super floaty and stuff. It's it's a platformer game that you can create a lot of stuff in. And that's what really sort of got its hooks into people. And then a little bit, little big planet two, they sort of expanded it quite a bit and, and let you do a lot more with its creation engine. And then this sort of expanded it basically as far as they could go to let you make anything and then you get so far away from like the tangibility of it. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like you don't really have a mascot, you have, you know, imp or whatever, but that it wasn't really like marketable. No, that's, um, a, that's a really good point. Like that's looking at yeah. it sort of that way. Uh, yeah, I think being able to sort of look at the thing on the box and understand like a, a more focused goal. I feel like the mm -hmm. comparison would be like mm -hmm. if if Little Big Planet is is Lego, then Dreams is like Sculpey. Like you can mm. make, you can make <laughs> anything, but that's also extremely yeah. daunting, and that sort of uh, yeah. you know completely relies on your own creativity, and it's a little bit less like 
I don't know. It, I I also can't help but wonder. And this is this is again, this is sort of like evil businessman brain, which isn't very big in my head. I wish I was more reptilian and uh, cold and calculating and all that. But uh, what if Dreams had like sold texture packs or mm. had some kind of like, oh, great news, we've got this license thing is coming, so you can drag and drop things in there. Like it's completely antithetical to like telling people to make up whatever they want. But I, you know, can't help but think that maybe that would have helped keep the lights on a little longer. Uh, no, for sure. Yeah. I think you know, just adding like a shortcut instead of having to model all these characters on your own. Hey, here are the character models for God of War. Here are the character models yeah. for Horizon. Here are the character models for Ghost of Tsushima. Like yeah, that would have been wild. Yeah. Like that would have been really cool to kind of do that type of stuff. Like, but also I understand Sony not wanting to just like give away the, all the keys to the kingdom. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. so. Yeah. Again, but, they, they don't want you to make your own God of War. They want you to buy God of War. Like that's, yep. it's mm -hmm. that simple. So I don't know. I feel like that's, yeah. that's the big, the big discussion is like, did media molecule, did they achieve what they set out to do? Or was that too idealistic? Like, was I, it a, I think, I think, you know, obviously us guessing what they were hoping to get out of it is, is just pure guesswork. But I think one of the things that I think is almost undeniable as far as success goes for this game is that like it had an extremely strong extremely passionate community yep it was probably not as big as they would have liked but it was people who were making these games day in and day out making some really good stuff stuff that would show up all over the internet because it was like holy crap someone made pt in dreams uh and so i think on that level i think it was a huge success and i think if i had to guess i'd say that that's probably something that's pretty satisfying for the creators yeah the no that's that got to be yep. pretty awesome i mean i can't yeah. help but imagine that this 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 absolutely definitely without question got some kids on their on their way to, to mm -hmm. designing games i mean yep. they did design mm -hmm. games but in terms of like oh this is what i'm going to do when i grow up yep like, i imagine this was you know a great uh baby steps into into yeah, very much so. or unity mm -hmm. or whatever like that mm -hmm. so you know i'm glad it, i'm so glad it exists it makes me sad to see them kind of uh dialing back support but i'm also curious to see what media molecule does next mm -hmm. now moving on um we've been talking a little bit about sort of some rumored things there's rumors of like a playstation uh 5 with a removable disk drive and there's talk of maybe a dedicated cloud handheld which is yep. complete. there's a bop it coming like <laughs> sony has kind of a track record for trying some pretty crazy stuff we look at the obvious successes like the playstation pretty straightforward it's a console but there's also a lot of things that happen that come along maybe we forget about them maybe they're massive flops maybe they're successes that we just don't talk about as much but i figured i could kind of break down uh 10 Pretty weird things that Sony tried over the years that you probably didn't own at home. And Jada, you're going to completely prove me wrong. I probably <laughs> own half of these, I'm guessing. Wish you, I wish you checked the runner show. We could do four. I, I know. I, you know, I was off yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? 
One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. First things first, I was going sort of digging through the archives. The PlayStation 1 at launch in Japan had a mouse. You could get a PlayStation mm, mouse, mm-hmm. which included a mouse pad, which was specifically for playing mostly point and click games. Yes. You could obviously play with a controller. This is extremely funny to me uh, because it, it, again, it's that wonderful Sony proprietary tech. This plugs into the controller port. Yep. This is not for using on your computer. You cannot, I guess mm. you could make. You could, there's, a, there's adapters nowadays to where you could, but. What's gone wrong in your life that you need a USB to PlayStation adapter to plug in your PlayStation mouse so you can use it with your PC. So like I used to have, I had the adapter for a while because I had dance pads for DDR on my PS2 and that worked for, it would work for the same way for that. But yeah. Did you have a PlayStation mouse though? I did not have a PlayStation mouse. So we're (laughs) off to a a 01 start for Jada owning things. Um, But like you said, it was a Japan release type thing. So haven't been to Japan yet. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those ones I, I feel like it has such a small install base that it's probably weirdly valuable as a collectible. I've seen it at like conventions and, and stuff. I was like, I, I was like, oh, I could buy this for my collection. But I was like, this has absolutely zero use for me. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend like the 40 or 50 bucks they wanted for it. Well, next is one that is, I feel like, very hallowed. Like, I remember seeing this ads for this in the back of, of magazines as a kid and being like, I can't wait to get one of these and then never getting it. The pocket station. The little tiny, it was a memory card. It was also a PDA, I think. Like it was, it had a little LCD screen on it. I remember that one because wasn't it yeah. similar to like the, basically like the Dreamcast memory card yeah. kind of type thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It came out about six months after the VMU did and it was a huge hit in Japan apparently. Like it just yep. sold out immediately. It was a big, huge runaway hit. I've, this was right when people probably... 
like cell phones were a reality, but not fully everywhere yet, I don't think. And then they were like, hey, here's this thing that's like a basically next gen Tamagotchi that has mini games and you can carry your games with you and you can use like infrared transfers and stuff. So it had a lot of a lot of uh, potential, a lot of things it could do. But uh, for whatever reason, the plans to release it in North America and Europe got scrapped sort of last minute. I, I mm. can't help but feel like maybe Sony sort of looked at the the rise and fall of the Dreamcast and the VMU and were just like, eh, let's uh, let's maybe not do that. Maybe people aren't yeah. going to pay extra for I, a memory card that plays Crash Bandicoot. I was always frustrated by this because, uh, as we talked before, I'm a very big Final <laughs> Fantasy fan. Uh, and there was integration with the pocket station in Final Fantasy VIII, and, and that was still in the code for the US versions, but obviously we didn't have this pocket station thing. So there's an entire mini game that like I couldn't access, and like some part of me as a child was like so frustrated that I couldn't play what was probably a, a very stupid chocobo hunting mini game that I wouldn't have cared it about. It looks anyway. so it looks so cool though. Like I love this I love the design of this little thing. Mm -hmm. It's so cute. No, here's the thing that really just feel, feels like a like a deliberate screw you to western gamers. They made a dedicated Pocket Station Vita app. Like it was a, it was basically all the phone, mm. all the phone of the Pocket Station mm. on your Vita. And then that was only released in Japan too. So thanks a lot, Sony. We still want Pocket Stations. Make a Vita too, and then make us the Pocket Station app for that. I want a Pocket Station for my PS5. That's just, I mean, the, the technology yeah. is there now. So it, it is funny to think that was, that was Sony's first handheld. We always look at sort of the PSP and the Vita, that kind of mm. stuff. There was another one that came after sort of with an asterisk with uh, some caveats. There was the PlayStation 1 LCD screen. Sorry, PS1, mm -hmm. not the PlayStation. Mm -hmm. The little little baby one. Yeah, the little one that had mm -hmm. it was like mm -hmm. it was like rounded on the edges and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. I had this one. You had of course I had this one. This one I, <laughs> I this one I had. I had the PS1 with the the LCD screen. Um and I initially bought it for when I was at like I used to have to spend time at my like my grandpa's house and he didn't have game consoles. So mm. I convinced him to buy me this little PS1 with the LCD screen. So when I was hanging out at grandpa's house, I'd have Damn. video games to play and I would play like Tomb Raider on it, yeah. which was terrible on this tiny screen. Because <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys remember what Tomb Raider 1 looked like on the PS1 mm. on a TV, uh, mm. but crunching it down to an LCD screen made it even harder to see traps and where to swim underwater mm -hmm. uh was a nightmare colin um, what's your what's your stance on the, the lcd i feel like this was one of the most coveted things as a child just like you need yeah i i would see it in so many print advertisements in in game magazines and i i, I was obsessed i really wanted it but i actually i never had a ps1 in the first place uh i i went when i got my ps2 it was backwards compatible mm. and i started playing like every ps1 game mm. from that point on but, you know, as a kid, you don't have a job. You have to pick and choose. And my older brothers uh, chose the N64. And that's fine. There's some bangers on there. Never had an but, LCD you know, screen, though. <laughs> did not, did it? not. That one actually would have probably worked even better. But it did um, have an expansion pack. As far as nature goes. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, I always really wanted this thing. And I always was just like, oh, this would be so cool on, like, long road trips and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um but no, never got it. Yeah. So this actually, it, it's funny you bring up the PS2 because this actually dropped, I think, after or shortly. Like the, the PS1 itself was around the time the, mm -hmm. the PS2 did. And the screen didn't come out until afterwards. That actually came out, I think, in the winter of 2001. So like at that yep. point, 
most people were probably spending money on a PlayStation 2 because there were amazing games coming out left and right for that. Yeah, I had my PS. That's what I was saying. I had my PS2 at home, but I didn't have anything at my grandpa's house. And he lived literally like next door to my high school. I was in high school during this time. So I was like, hey, grandpa, you should get cool, to this cool PS1 grandpa. classic. He was he was a very cool grandpa. He is a very cool grandpa. Well, I'm, Hi, grandpa. I'm glad he's still around. Oh, dang. Thanks for watching, grandpa. Um, <laughs> now Here's one that a lot of people had. The PS2 iToy was a huge hit. That yes. was a massive success. Mm. Uh, and it's funny because I feel like everyone gives you know like nintendo credit for introducing motion controls but this came first this had um this was what i think 2002 or three uh it was the pack-in game i toy play was the 18th Mm -hmm. best-selling game for ps2 yep which is it sold around something like four million units which is crazy that's huge Mm -hmm. um but also considering the sort of massive massive install base of the of the ps2 itself uh kind of a drop in the bucket you know uh, mm-hmm. But this is it, mm-hmm. it also there's something I noted about this. It could be used as a regular webcam with yep. computers, which is like I wish maybe Sony would look at that in regards to their VR headsets. Like maybe <laughs> a little bit of like playing nice with other hardware might make your products more appealing in the grander scheme of things. Just yep. a thought. Just throwing that out there. Oh, I remember that mm-hmm. one hitting yeah. the little dudes into the targets. This is the funny thing about this. I was reading about where it came from. And the, I think the guy who invented it didn't work at Sony at the time, but he saw a, a demo of, I think, the PlayStation 2 at an event and was like, Eureka. And then he just got a job there. And he was like, check it out. You can make a webcam that controls games. And I, I'm, like, I'm just like, I want to know the story there. That seems like a very. I'm yeah, that's a wild. On that one. OK, so everyone knows about the iToy. Here's something that came out for the PlayStation 2 that will two make your two. brain hurt. I'm two for four right you now. You don't have this one. Okay. You don't have this one. If you do, I don't know how to proceed. Uh, the Sega Saturn control pad for PlayStation 2. Sega released an official... This is actually isn't Sony officially branded. This was released by Sega, but it's too weird not to put on this list. Um, it was a dedicated Sega Saturn controller that plugged into a PS2. That was it. Uh, the It's actually subtly different from the regular Sega Saturn controller because it has a select button in addition mm-hmm. to a start button. However, as far as PlayStation 2 controllers go... It has the A, B, C, and X, Y, Z buttons, which are, that's a whole thing on its own. And then there's also, there's bumpers, but there's only L1 and L2. Uh, and then there's no, I guess you could... Wait, L1 and L2, they're just on one side? No. L, R2. L2. <laughs> there's two L2 and R2. Okay, I'm just making sure. It's a left-handed control. Left <laughs> that's what I was going to say. I was like, that's really cool. Sanders invented it. No, um, it, I, guess, I guess basically the, the two of the bumpers would be mapped to two of the face buttons in this case, but it doesn't, it, it's also missing an entire... Uh, analog stick i mean it doesn't have any yes. analog sticks it has no there's, yeah it's missing a directional input and then of course the l3 and r3 no i have a feeling yes. i have a feeling this was made specifically for like virtua fighter like yeah this is like a virtual mm-hmm. this, this looks like a virtua fighter controller sega saturn fans just an idea just a thought all two of them yeah no i mean that's okay everyone <laughs> gives sega saturn crap because it uh face planted colossally in the west but it was it was a huge hit in japan yep um really a, lot games, it, so. a lot of good games a lot of good games on the saturn yeah um now moving on another console generation leap forward you actually have this one i wish you'd brought it in the playstation 3 memory card adapter which this thing mm, was mm. so handy for me these things mm. these these sell for a lot on the secondhand market it is mm. a little box you can plug your memory card into that has a usb out that you can plug into your ps3 so you can transfer your ps2 saves assuming you have a backwards compatible ps3 which was yep. two-thirds of the launch editions could do it 
in-house, but the the, the yes. other one yeah. was emulated. So yeah, they had yeah, there was a 20 gig and a 60 gig that were both backwards compatible, and then there was a 40 gig that was not backwards compatible. There's a lot of fine print. Yes. A lot, yeah. You had to do a lot of research in the PS3 so days. The funny thing about this is that it works. It's like it's backwards compatible, or this not backwards. This is compatible across the board. It works with all generations of the PS3, even mm-hmm. though if you have PS2 files that you're trying to transfer, like they're not going to play nice with the later versions of the PS3. Nope. The whole thing. Uh, yeah, mm. this is this seems like such a bizarre sort of vestigial, like uh, just an evolutionary concept. This is literally the jump from from con- conventional memory cards to like storing to- actual files, like on drives. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, no, this was great. I love this because I was able to bring all my PS1 save files into my PS3. And then they, as because PlayStation 3 is when they started rolling out all these digital downloads for PS1 games. I was like, cool. I don't have to start over on Final Fantasy 7 or mm-hmm. any of my games. Like my tactics file. That was the big one I brought over is my Final Fantasy tactics mm-hmm. file. Did not want to lose that. Yeah, this one's really a lot funny of though because it, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that Sony would dedicate their own hardware manufacturing resources towards. Like, it either seems like the kind of thing that, okay, we'll just, I mean, maybe they would, but I, I think there were also, like, third-party versions, like the Mad Cats version. Nyko or yeah. PDP. You think one of those exactly. companies would have done something like this, but yeah. That's, I mean, that's something we've seen them doing a lot a lot more recently in, like, the PS4 generation of basically granting official Sony-branded, like, what is it, Hyper-A or whatever? Like, yep. they make mm-hmm. officially licensed but not made by Sony yep. peripherals and accessories, which is which is smart because it makes it someone else's problem unless it screws up and then people are mad at your name being on the box. Yep. I I had this because uh, I was in that small pool of people who had a 60 gig PS3. Uh, and I, I, if I recall correctly, we had seven PlayStation 2 memory cards. Um, and I remember the day that I spent like plugging each and every one of these in. I had like notes on the back of each one saying like what files were in each one you're way more meticulous than i was (laughs) (laughs) um well it was because i was so obsessed because i had two older brothers and they were constantly Uh, like losing things i was the one who i was the responsible one and i'm the youngest one which is still the case let's be real but um uh i i remember that day of meticulously like putting each and every one in getting all of those save files over and then uh well this 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 paints me in a, in a bad light but uh after i got all of that over I, I gave my ps2 to like a childhood friend um and i guess it technically wasn't completely mine to give because Uh-oh. i i think it was partially me and my brothers but like one of them was off at college already one of them never played video games so i just didn't think about it and it caused one of the biggest fights i've ever had with my brothers <laughs> in my entire life so so that memory card adapter is all sort of bundled together in like a very strange like memory of, of me and my brothers like having a fallout for like a few months we we settled down that was uh, it was yeah. it was it was that's tense amazing. for a while there yeah. that's, a, that's a very there's a lot of baggage attached there's, to that little you, tiny peripheral buying buying consoles yeah. with siblings and stuff or, is always and yeah. when growing up is always a challenge like well mm-hmm, here's mm-hmm. one this next one which i think apparently you both have it uh the playstation 3d gaming monitor yeah, yeah. I have two of those. You have what? I have two of them. Why? I worked at a GameStop when they came out, and I I used them as my PC monitors as well. So these, I I I desperately wanted one of these so badly. They're so cool. Um, it's actually kind of weird that we don't see more stuff like this, considering that Sony also Mm. makes TVs. Yep. Uh, But this had a thing called SimulView, where you could put Mm. on two people could put on pairs of glasses and play. I should have brought those games. in. I have four of those at home. God, and you could you could each see your own screen. Yeah, I only remember so like, cool. It was like MotorStorm Apocalypse. I yep. think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I think it was bundled with it. 
Got it. It's such a cool idea. I remember just thinking this is like the this is like the best the best thing ever. It's it's so gimmicky. Apparently, it's a decent enough display, good monitor, whatever. But like, I love that it also just looks sort of like a giant Vita. Yep. It's just got that weird those weird curves on the side. But really yeah, does. obviously three D three D TV didn't quite pan out. But yeah, it was solid. Like, I used it to watch a couple three D movies here and there, and then um, the the biggest hiccup for it was there was an issue with the refresh rate. So whenever I was playing stuff like on my PC, using it as a PC monitor, it would randomly flicker because the refresh rate couldn't keep up. So that's how it like would mm. keep up. It would go, cut to black and then come back up. But the problem is I was playing games like League of Legends where it would always mm. blink right when I'm trying to aim a skill shot or dodge a skill oh, shot mm. and I would die every time. And so I, uh, I bought an actual monitor after that because I uh, was wow. tired of it. <laughs> yeah that refresh issue hit me too yep yeah i i i used it when it first came out because i wanted like a nice like 1080p tv to Mm -hmm. play my ps3 games on and not have to like share a tv with family members and stuff when i wanted to uh and i used it a little bit i used it a while but obviously it's it's a very small monitor what was it like 24 inches or something sounds right um yeah and uh i eventually sort of just used it as like sort of a spare screen to have whenever i needed it in like a pinch yep and i probably the last like few years i ever used it um i was i was back at my parents house for a little while during the pandemic and i don't like having a tv in my bedroom because i just i i need to like sort of screen off for a while before i go to bed um but i would sort of keep it there if i was ever like sick and i wanted to like watch stuff in bed and so i would like lug this thing out of the closet put it on my bedside table like connect like my mac through like an hdmi and would like watch netflix on it or whatever and it was like probably the most like sort of jerry-rigged i've ever like been as far as technology goes but um it was useful. I got, I've got like, oh, I got over a decade of use out of it. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah. Pretty good, pretty good investment. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's, it is sort of, it, it's one of those strange things. Like Sony made this thing, they made a PlayStation branded TV and then never spoke of it again. It just yep. <laughs> kind of went the way of, of 3D TV overall. Now, the PlayStation 1 and the PlayStation 2 both got slim versions. So did the, the PS4. Uh, the PS3 did too, but then it got a super slim version, which is mm. such a funny little machine. And it's like, this was... It looks so bad. It was kind of like the... It was almost as bad as like the Wii Mini. If you remember that mm-hmm. one, that was like a little red box. It only came out in Canada or something. Yeah, it was so ridiculous. But yeah, this was... Uh, this one was... I don't know, man. How many like, PS3s did you have? I had two ps3s and you didn't have one of these i did not buy the super slim because my 60 gig worked for a while then i bought a slim when my 60 gig got the good old yellow light of death um and then i made it sit there and i pointed my 60 gig at the slim while i played it to make it jealous waited six (laughs) months out of jealousy then cleaned it out again because i cleaned it beforehand and then powered it on and it's worked ever since it learned its lesson so there you go if something stops working just you know put it make it stare at something that does work for six months colin what's your this experience with this I, I never i never got it um i think it came out after the ps4 right no it was it was right right before, before. right it was before like, i think right it was like before? six okay. months before it was like such okay. a weird that was a weird that was the weird thing about it yeah and it was just you know it didn't do anything new or special it was just clearly like a, a very cheap uh build for them so they could get as much profit out of each sale as they could which is what they've always done that's the whole point of the slim versions yep. um, of all of these consoles and um oftentimes they come with like a better design like the actual the first ps3 slim looks better than the original ps3 in my mind 
Um, this looks worse than both of them. What's so everyone sometimes, hates it but me? What's so bad about you, it? Well, does it does the top slide? Yes, the top or does slide it just over. Look, yeah. Do you, do you know how expensive it is for the the console to suck the disc in and spit it back out? Like that is the not that expensive. It uses cutting edge technology. <laughs> <laughs> make a little mouth in there that goes num 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 num. <laughs> There's a little Kirby in there. Just you just going, to, you have to slide the door open like you're gonna put soap in the dishwasher. Like a, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just remember the reviews yeah. were like it's a PS3 but it feels cheap it's like okay it did feel pretty cheap I handled so mm. many of these like, during my time at GameStop and like also these ones were probably the dirtiest consoles that I got because the the, the mm. opening was the biggest so more dirt could get in there for the people touching. who mm. did not take care of their stuff yeah mm. oh man I don't know I think it's I think it's a little cutie I think it is funny <laughs> that it was like that is also a testament to how big the PS3 was at launch and that it had to get a super mm. slim wonder if the PS5 is going to get a super duper slim or something in, in mm. 2031 or whatever down the down the road a little bit now we talked about the PlayStation 3 3D gaming monitor but what about the PlayStation TV which is in fact not a TV at all but the bizarre sort of it's the it's a Vita player. It's a Vita mm -hmm. without a Vita. It's what if you took all of the thrills of gaming on the go and made it a thing you did at home. Uh, it was also kind of a set top box at the time when people were like jumping on Chromecast. Yep. This is such a wonderful idea. And I wish that it had like, it, I wish it had taken off more. And yep. you know what? One thing might've actually helped with that. If the memory cards didn't cost half as much as the system. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That was like, that was a killer for it. I still have this hooked up to my main TV right now. Like just for whenever where I want to play, like uh, I don't have to do it anymore because Persona 4 Golden is gotten remastered mm. and stuff. But anytime I want to play Persona 4 Golden from my Vita, this was the way to do it um, as well as, you know, now, but now if there's that, if I ever want to play any Vita games, it's just right there and just pop them in. What's cool is, I mean, this is also sort of evidence that Sony might be crazy enough to make a dedicated cloud remote play handheld like yeah. hearing rumors about. Mm. In this case, this mm -hmm. would be sort of the inverse of that where it was a, it had remote play. They were hyping it up. This was back, I'm, these things, when did this come out? This was like maybe... 2014, 15? Like that. Pretty, mm. yeah, pretty recently. Um, mm. And it's, it's weirdly, yeah, it's like weirdly... Uh, they're pretty they're not they're not super rare they sell for more than they did at launch which is impressive mm. that's always kind of an odd testament to like how many of them were in the wild and how how much in demand they were um i, I remember getting i think i might have taken mine to the goodwill i got it on like a dirt cheap like flash sale mm. and then didn't bother with a memory card and then i was like what am i going to do with this and then i wish i kept i wish i held on to it um but it's such a it's such a cute little thing like it's very funny to see that little tiny little tiny doodad there um, I think what I like most about all of these that you've gone over is they're almost all cute little guys, you know? Mm -hmm. Their design this work is, is great. Man, yeah. Somebody made the yeah. Walkman and the transistor radio. They know how to make little tiny cute things. Little, little guys. Little tiny, little yeah. slim things. Yeah. Little gizmos. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. PlayStation TV. It was also, I remember when that got revealed. I think it was a, like an E3 thing and they had a big trailer for it. And it was just funny because of sort of everyone just in the immediate circle of, you know, dedicated console gaming people were like, who is this for? Do we need it? Do we want it? Do we like it? We don't know. We're all confused. We're like, what? Show, what? What is this? What is, why, why is it? Why is it? And that is a successful launch. Yep. <laughs> if you confuse uh, half the audience, it's a success. Now, here's one that's the most recent. Uh, the DualShock 4 back button controller mm -hmm. attachment, which we've, we've talked about before. It's kind of what got me thinking about this whole list. That like, just again, the fact that Sony will occasionally be like, they call it the factory. They say, we've got a great idea for a new PlayStation branded thing we want you to make. And the guy at the factory is like, all right, what is it? And it's like, it's two extra buttons. Say again? With an LCD screen. A small screen. You plug it into the back of your... I mean, you can just get one of these for like 27 bucks. They're still on Amazon. I can't imagine why they aren't flying off the shelves. 
we totally thought that this was going to be like, oh, this is a this is a sneak preview of what is in mm-hmm. store for the PS5 controller. It's going to have more buttons. And then it, it didn't unless you bought the DualSense Edge. Uh, I guess this is a cheaper solution for uh, if you want more buttons. Um, yeah, you could map the buttons to the back. You could do whatever you want back there. Uh, and it's got a little screen. The screen is what really kind of yeah. throws yeah. for a curve. They should they should let you play um, PlayStation Pocket games on it. I, I agree. You're, yes, you're absolutely right. You hold your controller backwards. I think yeah. the I think the kind of uh, the, the I think the screen was important for that because they had to find a way to program the buttons, and that was the putting a little miniature computer in there with a screen. I think was the the easiest route for them to go during that time for some weird reason. Then having a setting in the PS4 to customize it, um, that red a random accessory in a controller. I don't think that it's, I guess it's just odd to see like a thing that doesn't normally have a screen getting an accessory that has a screen on it with the mm-hmm. exception of like the PS one LCD mm-hmm. screen. It just seems odd to have something that's like noticeably more complex attached to something like that. So it's, it's an odd choice. Just 15 bucks a button though. What a deal. What a bargain. What hey, a you know, um, so yeah, those are, uh, those are a whole bunch of PlayStation accessories. It shows exactly how wackadoo bananas PlayStation is willing to go with its accessories and whatnot um and we love them the crazier they are so keep Mm. getting crazy sony yeah so let's let's hope that that remote play handheld thing is not real because it might wind up on this list uh now moving on uh i want to talk a little bit about some of the playstation plus extra slash premium games that are i think now on now available for subscribers because there's some Mm -hmm. cool ones in there it's also extremely funny to me because we're in the midst of this whole you know hearing about all the uh, Microsoft Activision acquisition stuff, uh, and then quietly there's just they just dumped a bunch of Bethesda games on there. <laughs> yeah, like, all right, I guess you can still keep playing, playing Bethesda. Doom and yeah, yeah. I think it's um what well, Doom, Doom Eternal, Doom, <clears throat> Doom sixty four, Doom two, Doom three, Doom sixty four, Doom Eternal. Um, and then we also got Wolfenstein two. I think Wolfenstein New Blood, if I remember correctly, and then Evil Within, yeah. which is Tango, but um that's was what is not like a subsidiary of bethesda yep that's bethesda yeah so um zenimax that's what it is and we mentioned uh sackboy big adventure the sort of little big planet with that little big planet and that's uh that's on there now which is cool for playstation uh plus extra uh i like that game a lot i had a really good time with that it's it's really cute it's very simple um paradise killer which is a sort of i've been curious about this one this is one that popped up on list that i didn't i was like Mm -hmm. eh, i'll check it out if it's on subscription service and now it is it is a murder mystery set on an island uh it's like a first person murder mystery sort of dating sim i think cool did either of you mess with this one i did not that that's different from like the dead by daylight one right because the dead by daylight did that like visual novel dating yeah they did yeah did dead by daylight did one as well um about that no this is this is a little more i think it was like hooked on you or something like that earnest i think this is a little, a little more actual, you know, takes itself a little, not seriously, but commits to the bit. Less of a mm. less of an April Fool's gag. Um, mm. Yeah, I was curious about this one. Um, there's also uh, Bassmaster Fishing. For Heck yeah. Mm. I was just uh, talking about how much I want to go fishing in my games. Rip and tear until it is done. Wait, wrong game. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do kind of rip the, yeah. the fish's insides. Yeah. 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 When you're dressing them, you got to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, any of these jumping out at you? Uh, I've played most of these. So for me, like, I guess the Sackboy one is the one I kind of, I kind of skipped over. It was not the, like, oh my goodness, I need to play this on my PS5 when PS5 launched. And then it, there were so many other things to play. I just never got around to it. So I'm glad it's on the service now. It's a perfect 
PS Plus service game for me. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to take a to dive into that one. Yeah, and then there's Kenna Bridge of Spirits, which, which... is fantastic. Yeah. I really like that nice little indie game. Uh, got some big money support from Sony, but still developed by a small team. Um, mm-hmm. Very solid. Got some good. It's gorgeous. The game is gorgeous. It's got a decent storyline. Combat is fun. Um, yeah, and I'm excited it, to jump yeah. on this one. I, I I don't know what I was doing when this came out. I I don't think I was on the show at that point, but I was like, ah, whatever. Looks cute. I'm not you know super pumped on it or anything, but it, it does look gorgeous. And now I'm like, this is absolutely the kind of thing I'm going to throw on and mess around with. And um, it doesn't it doesn't have uh, anyone like ripping the jawbone off of like a demon's head. This is a mm-hmm. perfect game cool. to play with your daughter. Exactly. Yes, this you is know, perfect. She's going to need therapy, but we're hoping to save a little bit of money by not playing Doom Eternal in front of her. And like yeah, yeah, yeah. and like mm. the little I forget what they're called. The little little uh, little dudes that you can you uh rescue and find or whatnot you get to dress them up in little hats and masks and stuff it's super adorable i love it i love like, cute stuff that's that's good but i also love ripping and tearing until it is done uh this is a, this is riders republic oh i forgot is, about that one I, I i think a lot of people did uh i feel like the, just ubisoft keeps like having almost with these like weird extreme sports games like mm-hmm. there was steep mm-hmm. yep which was like it's like oh it's open world snowboarding or whatever that sounds awesome and then it actually was just kind of like yeah i don't know i don't know what is going on like there's it's been a long time since we've had a extreme sports game like kind of just blow up and be center stage and really just demand attention and i liked what i played of writer's republic during like the betas and early access or whatever for it um far cry on a hill yeah basically but Mm. like but yeah but like you could swap like i've seen some really cool tr- like combinations with people like i'm on a bike and then i wingsuit then i land on my snowboard and then i land on something else and then i jetpack away like it's just mm. like you can just combine everything i think my i think one of the things that kind of turned me off from the beta um or the early access start was like it was very it's very much build and marketed as this like go anywhere anytime type thing and then when i played the early access was like no but you have to go here and do this right now and i'm just like but i don't i don't want to do this like let me just be free like you you promised me this big open world don't tutorialize me until i want to go through the tutorials i guess that's the thing that always i feel like comes in with these games is that there's and there was a similar thing i want to say with the crew where it's like Mm. it it is a Mm. it's it's presented as this totally free form out there approach to a sports game and then at the last minute someone from the sports side comes in and they're like no there has to be more rules Mm-hmm. but i want to do crazy free free form stuff i want to do, do i mean you get half to, pipe ski i mean you get to like yeah. you're skiing as jeffrey from toys r us like another shot mm-hmm. you just have some fun mm-hmm. i love the idea of it so much it, it is funny how many extreme sports games we got in the 90s and how much we kind of accept that as being like this sort of uh, 90s thing well it was obviously yeah. a 90s thing but like it because video games um, they're making a lot of video games in the 90s and there, were, there was a lot of extreme sports stuff we got a lot of extreme sports video games to the point that i think we were like this is one of the sort of archetypal video game genres yep. there will always be snowboarding yep. games and then all of a sudden there mm. just weren't you know yep. kind of in the same way that like yeah. you know I, yeah i think um the popularity of tony hawk not not just the games but tony hawk as a celebrity was uh, it's kind of hard to describe to people who didn't live in the 90s but like Mm. tony hawk was huge people were obsessed with tony hawk and then the game shot him into like the stratosphere that's awesome he and i've heard he's just the nicest he is super nice he's great yeah that's the best um and uh yeah so that sort of combination of him being popular than the game being genuinely amazing and then them having a string of very very good tony hawk games i think it led to a lot of uh competitors and mimics and i think a lot of people realized well we can't make a 
skateboarding game is good. So what if we tried to make a snowboarding game that's mm -hmm. as good? And and it sort of kept going from there. And you know, I think eventually, uh, I don't I don't know. I don't think there was any like sort of hard events that sort of caused it to to lose popularity. But eventually, people were just less. Oh interested. no, there was. It was uh, were... Tony Hawk's um, Project Eight. That was what killed. Well, well, you okay, to stand for... on the board or what whatnot. Cool board. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, well, I, I guess I guess I'm talking about like extreme sports oh, as a yes, whole. But you're right yes. for sure as far as the video games are concerned. Snowboard um, games were hot in the '90s, and it was all downhill from there. Did you ever play Kelly <laughs> Slater's Pro uh, Pro? Surfing? I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I did play that. I I think there was also like a fun sort of string of like kids movies and stuff in the 90s, especially like Disney Channel original movies that were like very pro uh extreme sports. Like yes. you had Brink yep. for roller skating. Best you had, one of the best Disney movies uh, ever. I love yeah, Brink. And then another great one, that Johnny Tsunami. It was very people... different. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Tsunami made people want to surf and snowboard. Yep. So it, you you got a lot of kids sort had of Rocket getting League. into this stuff. Rocket League was or not Rocket League, excuse me, Rocket Power for Nickelodeon yeah, exactly. was huge. And like exactly, that means you yeah. want to do all of them but also wear pads and helmets because exactly it's important yeah yeah, yeah yeah no i mean I, it was it's kind of it's kind of bizarre to think about that and it's i there's a timeline where we'd get like a writer's republic every year because extreme sports never went away but i don't know what happened there you know yep. it's bizarre. i think 90s were the last era that kids went outside frequently <laughs> uh, and and that's not a knock against gen z or anything like that that's more of a knock against parents not making their kids go outside anymore there's too many bees um, out there <laughs> there's a lot of bees outside aggressive hornets and such smog you know there's all sorts of turkey vultures what kids shouldn't go outside ever it's too too they should stay inside and play riders republic available now on playstation plus no i'm yeah i'm glad we got to talk about extreme sports i think it's important yeah, to, it's very important stuff yeah. i want to i want to i want them to uh make a uh, connectivity to like a peloton with riders republic so you can oh, actually pedal be fun because Pelotons haven't killed enough people. They haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Uh, all right. So, you know, as much as I love talking about games that are coming to PlayStation Plus, there are also a bunch that we are losing. Here is a whole bunch of games that are getting taken off of PlayStation Plus's gig, instant game premium library, whatever it's called, uh, starting on May 16th. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man Game of the Year Edition, Marvel Spider-Man. Those are if you haven't played those. Yet. What is wrong? Please go play those. Like, yes. I don't know how the five people listening to our audience haven't played this game, but it's available. Go play it. Do it. Flat Out and 4, Total Insanity. I used to love the Flat Out series back on like the PS2 and Xbox. Those were awesome. Well, it's going to be Flat Out, not on PlayStation Plus. Gosh darn it. So <laughs> get on top of that. Uh, Deadlight Director's Cut. I reviewed this a million years ago, the, the launch version on X mm -hmm. XBLA, which was not great. And I'm curious if the director's cut actually tweaked anything. And I've forgotten how to solve all the puzzles. So maybe I'll go spend three hours messing with that. Homefront the Revolution. That one's okay to not play. I'm going to be honest. Like, you don't have to play. <laughs> you don't have to play Homefront. Home the the first Homefront was terrible. The second one was marginally better. Somebody read reviews for it and decided mm -hmm. that it shouldn't be on PlayStation. <laughs> it was like, uh, Sony's uh, like, we need to call this can be the part worst. Of the PlayStation Minus collection. Let's call the yeah. week. Mighty Number no. Nine, that Kickstarter darling. Mm -hmm. We're still holding out hope for the I, of that game. I, I liked that one. It was not <laughs> not a great Mega Man spiritual successor, yeah. but I did enjoy my time with it, despite I like the, the frustrations. Mighty Number no. Nine is like the is Pepsi okay of Mega Man games. Yes. We have we have Mega Man. It was home. the Pepsi Man. Uh, Red Faction, uh, Gorilla, re remastered, remastered, remastered mm -hmm. it. Oh, that's right, because it takes place on Mars, Mars, so that makes sense. Yes, I actually mm -hmm. the Gorilla, uh, the Red Faction games are great. Uh, like, I just remember spending time tunneling through mountains, just like literally just shooting mm -hmm. and just building holes and 
to the ground and just building tunnels. It was it's a lot of fun. There's also you know whole FPS or third person action yeah. to it, it's but also, like it's very building it's, tunnels. It's the same studio that did Saints Row. They did that right before Saints Row the third. So I feel like maybe that's, that's got what, a lot of maybe that's similar, what's coming back next. Similar that's what they're working yeah. on next. I, I could I'd be into that. There's, I would be too. There's Mars, a lot. Mars new is so hot right now. Mars is hot. Uh, Shenmue three another another Kickstarter darling. There's that. Will it make sense <sighs> if you played the first two Shenmues? I don't know. No, it won't. And um, you probably don't need to play Shenmue. Okay. Uh, this mm. war of mine, the little ones. Do you like it when video games make you cry because they're sad well that one will up. make you cry uh also sad metro last light redux and metro 2033 mm. those are fantastic mm. those are good mm. games very good uh they're if you want to you can also shoot stuff which uh yeah if you want to you know if you want to scavenge for air filters and things to keep yourself alive when you're you know yeah on the uh i think they, i forget the, the words the, it's all chemical that's just what i do in la every day there you go so the thing that made me i'd never go set foot near that second game i played a little bit of the first one but there was a demo they did at e3 where it had a spider running across the 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 player character's visor and i was just like i'm never playing that game i don't need that in my life i don't need fake virtual spiders on the inside of my Mm. field of vision thank you very much i'm okay Mm -hmm. uh Kingdom Come Deliverance. Unclear if there's spiders in that one, but there is. I think there are. It's uh, it's very. If I remember right, that one's very fantasy kind of RPG ish, mm-hmm. and that one, uh, that one actually I've heard is heard very good things about that I one. That was re- I thought it was is realistic. It, is that realistic medieval? I get this mixed up with chivalry. It's Kingdom Come Deliverance. Uh, you know, I okay. I, I was like I was mixing it up with um, Divinity Sin. Yes, but, yes, but mm-hmm. this one I've also heard is still very good. There might be fantasy things, but you have to look around for them. They're hidden very deeply in there. Probably there's not. a dragon somewhere. Uh, Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon. Everybody uh i you know what if you mm. like turn-based little mini games like little mini rpgs that's mm. it's quaint oh i need to jump on this one left alive this was the, the this one completely came and went that one is went. very good very cool yeah so it's um yoji shinkawa the metal gear character designer yes. basically doing a what front mission like kind mm-hmm. of thing so it's got stealth action and max i don't know if you've been mm. missing metal gear that's a thing to check out uh star mm. ocean first departure r first star ocean game it's a classic Balan Wonderworld. Uh, that is one of the worst games that's come out in the last decade. So you can probably skip mm-hmm. that. Find that on the PlayStation Minus collection. Go, ahead, <laughs> go check that out. Call that one PlayStation. I, I kind of want to just. Oh God, I, the oh my God, the 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 donkey video on that one. It's <laughs> so bad. That game uh, is so bad. Resident Evil. What's that about? Was is that? Just- this is the. I think this is the original like remaster. I think if I remember correctly, it's getting pulled. Okay. So if you haven't played Resident Evil 1 and all its remastered glory, now's the time to do it. And you can do it in like, I don't know, what's the what's the trophy? It's like six hours or something like that. Is so. this is this the remake or is this like the PS1? I Resident believe Evil? it's the I believe it's the remake. I could be wrong though. Okay. okay. The remake is quite good still. All right. Yes. Uh how to survive storm warning edition. Uh explanatory. Yeah. Pixel piracy. I guess you have to steal pixels i guess you have to pirate that you one. wouldn't steal a pixel <laughs> would you, you download a free game through a subscription service <laughs> well you can't do that anymore last day of june oh my god if you want to it, cry some more yes it's almost almost time for june it's, so this it's weird the last day of june will be taken off the middle day of may so may, <laughs> yeah. virginia uh that that was wasn't that one a vr game i don't think so i don't know I remember, I remember seeing stuff on Virginia, but I never got around to that one, so that might be on my list. Of, Dreamfall chapters, uh, like a point-and-click kind of like adventure novel story-based sure. game. TT Isle of Man, ride on the rid, ride on the edge too. Is that ride that off to the edge, the cliff, because that one's probably good to go. It's motorcycle racing, I think. They, Maybe 
I think so. Yeah. Anyway, uh, MX versus ATV all out. One of these days, they're going to declare a winner <laughs> between the motocross and the ATV. I think it's messed up. They make them compete to be the the dirtiest. We just sport, we just talked about wanting more like extreme sports. This is like this is what we've gotten the most of. Some ramps. If that sounds un- undignified and too loud, well, there's also Tour de France 2021. Go ride some bikes. Yeah. The the original motocross. Not, not really. <laughs> Slap on that spandex and hit hit the pedals. Whatever they say. Graveyard keeper. Uh, that one's cute. It's a little pixel, pixel. Yeah, a little pixel. I think like action based one. Kona. That's a beer company. It's also an island in Hawaii. So yeah. if you want to, you know, go and see. I'm getting this mixed up with Kenna and with uh, Tachia. What is this? Okay. I remember seeing. I've seen this one around. I haven't played this one either. This okay. is one of the few outside Looks of my. Interesting. Is it a graphic novel one as well, or survival type game? Super survival, supernatural elements, buildings to explore. Okay. All right. Sure. There it is. Uh, Relicta. I. I just a lot. A lot of games come out. There are so many games. It's hard to keep track of them. Windbound. Relicta. I hardly know it. <laughs> hey. Uh, Windbound. Pretty cool little uh, like adventure. Like you're on a uh, like a sailboat with a wind sail and you're exploring the ocean. So if you want something to kind of like, you know, hold you over while we wait for Wind Waker Remastered to come to the Switch. There you go, Windbound. There you go. If you're looking forward mm. to Remnant 2, uh, there's also Kronos Before the Ashes, which is a... Oh, that's getting pulled? Yeah. Ah, bummer. That one's interesting. It's, so, it's like a totally different... Like, it's in that same universe. It's a technically a prequel. prequel? It's totally different gameplay. Yeah, single player, and then every time you die, your character gets older, and so it's like it's it's kind of like almost like Sifu, but okay. not... But I mean, different. Technically, anytime you do anything, you, your character in real life gets older. Yeah. Anyway, dying has a very yeah. you know exaggerated effect on that though. There's also Pathfinder Kingmaker Definitive Edition. That's another solid like top-down RPG. This is kind of the um you know if you're looking for something that's more methodical, uh kind of like um I think like pathologic and other things like that. Solid RPG. Right. If you like finding very paths famous. and making kings, well, get to work. Anyway, on that note. That is all the stuff that is leaving PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium on May 16th. Uh, but there's more good stuff on the way. I'm impressed by you. What? We got through that so quick. We did? We did. <laughs> I don't know. We, I think we kind of dragged ass a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> uh, on that note, we are about at time right now. Colin, thank you so much for calling in. I'm sorry I called you a colon at the top of the show. I didn't mm. mean to. I meant no, to it's okay. I, that was a misunderstanding on my I part. I think you need like Maybe a G.I. Joe nickname like Skype. Sky, sky. <laughs> yeah because you're i mean like we just call him zoom next why don't we just do it? Just, just call me vmix baby <laughs> no one knows what vmix is that's our that's, i know that's it in the word house in the house word um anyway yeah thanks for joining us thanks for hopping on uh jada thanks for being here and, and just always you know owning all those peripherals and playing all those games you're what i think what is i i think i was six for ten yeah on the list I sh- i'll I take it i have to buy you lunch now I don't, we weren't even gambling but we weren't anyway uh on that note thank you all for listening uh we will be back next week maybe i won't who knows but we'll see you then beyond 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 We are the hosts of Comic Sans, the podcast about comics for those who are sans knowledge. I'm Yen, a reader, writer, liver, and breather of comic books. And I'm Nat, and I know absolutely nothing about comics. Which makes both of us authorities in our respective fields. Exactly. Hey, wait. On Comic Sans, I make Nat read some of my favorite comics, including Sandman Saga and Lore Olympus. And Yen tells me what makes that comic special. Then I hear what Nat thinks, and I try to avoid a pulmonary embolism. While I actively try to give him one. Listen to Comic Sans on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can already binge our first season, and we just released a special bonus episode on Across the Spider-Verse. Hey, Nat, before we go, I'll give you 50 bucks if you can tell me what Comic-Con is. 
Is it related to chili con carne? Do you mean chili con carne? Maybe we should be chili sands. Mm-hmm.